long service, and so Kevin said, uh, when I was preparing, you've got 10 minutes. And I said, I'll do it in seven. Jonah, which we heard from, the book we heard from, is not a story about a whale. It's about a prophet, a man of God, one of God's people, who gets called by God to go and preach God's message to a place called Nineveh. But he disobeys because... Well, actually, we don't get told right away why he disobeys. But he disobeys. He runs away, flees the presence of the Lord, gets on a boat to a place called Tarshish. And then he gets thrown overboard, and that's where he ends up in the whale. And in the belly of the whale, Jonah, this prophet, this disobedient prophet, realizes his wrong, and he turns back to God. The the fish spews him up. On the beach, he goes to Tarshish and he preaches God's message. And wouldn't you know it, the people, no, sorry, he goes to Nineveh and preaches God's message. And wouldn't you know it, the Ninevites repent. They actually turn their lives around. They, they recognize their wrongdoing and they turn to God. Awesome. Except that Jonah is miserable about it. He's not happy at all. And that's where we find out why he ran away in the first place. This is from what Cindy read before. He, he complains, he prays to God. He says, oh Lord, is this not what I said when I was in my country? This is why I ran away to Tarshish. For I knew that you were a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, relenting from disaster. Jonah had run away and ended up in that fish because he didn't want God to show mercy to the people of Nineveh. The story illustrates a danger for those of us who are in the kingdom. It shows that we can forget some things. For starters, that we we can forget that even if we've always believed in God, even if we've always tried to live His way, none of us is righteous. We've all fallen short of the glory of God. I had a friend who said to me once, you know, to be honest, I struggle with mercy because I I relate more to the older son in the story of the prodigal son. He said, I feel like I've served in my father's house all my life and it's hard when people come in and just get forgiven and their sins wiped clean. I said to him, I I hear you, but I can't agree because I'm the youngest son. I've sinned. I've fallen short. And God has been so merciful to me. We can forget just how much God has done for us. This this pool, like Kevin said, it's, it's an image of cleansing, but it's not just cleansing. This is an image of death. In Jesus, God has put us to death and risen us to new life. We're a whole new creation in Jesus. And the last thing we can forget is that although God's mercy is for us, it doesn't end with us. He doesn't give us mercy just so that we have a nice day and feel like God's been merciful, as wonderful as that is. 
He's shown us mercy so that we will go and show mercy to others. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5, he says, it's that passage that talks about us being new creations in Christ. He says, God has reconciled us to himself and committed us to the ministry of reconciliation. Mercy, forgiveness, salvation, they don't come to a full stop with us, they, they come to a comma. It's not the end of the sentence. It's the end of the sentence that was against us. We're forgiven. We're set free. We're not under the law. We're under grace. But we are commissioned to go and share the mercy of God with others. He has been so merciful to me. He's forgiven me of so much. How can I deny mercy to others? I want to end with a word of encouragement. Because you might feel like Jonah, or my friend, or the older brother in the story of the prodigal son. You might struggle with this mercy thing. Well, in the passage from 2 Corinthians, where Paul talks about us being new creations and having the ministry of reconciliation, he says this, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. We don't look at people from a human point of view. We look at them from God's point of view. We see people as God sees them. When you see a person, maybe you disagree with their lifestyle or maybe they've done you wrong, I challenge you to ask the question of your own heart. What do you see? And how do you see them? Because even if they've done you wrong, they're a person created in the image of God. They're a person for whom Jesus died and hung on the cross. The same power by which he saved you, he longs to save that person. When we see people, we see their value and their worth. We see them as potential beloved sons and daughters. Not just potential, that was wrong. They are sons and daughters of the living God. We see the destiny that Jesus has prepared for them in the cross. It is such a wonderful gift we've been given in Christ, symbolized by the waters of baptism. The old nature, the sinful nature, the human person who uh, can do no right and always does wrong, that person has been put to death in Jesus. And in your baptism, you are part of Jesus' death and then raised up to new life. Our role. Let's rejoice in that. But let's also remember that our role is not to hold on to that tightly. It's to share it with the world. It's to say the light's been put into me and I'm going to shine that light to everyone that I see. I'm going to end with a word of prayer. Father, I thank you for your goodness and kindness, your love, for your patience. I thank you in this moment above all for your mercy. I praise you that none of us deserve 
what you've given us, but you've given it because you're just so good. Your love is endless. And you've shown us that love through your mercy. I pray that you would bless each person here this week, that they would know the height and depth and length and breadth of your love for them, the infinite love of God for them. And I pray for the courage and the attentiveness to recognize in the people they meet that you love them too. I pray in the beautiful, wonderful, powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.